Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back, Internet Familia. And we are on episode number... 28. 28. 28. Did you play the air drums like during the intro? You're like, <laughs> yeah. bum, 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 bum. I it was quite that. fun. That was great. Was, I love our intro. I love our intro so much. Um, I hope you guys listeners at home love our intro. And if you love our podcast, please subscribe to us on Instagram. <laughs> also at Modern Yogi Podcast. Modern Yogi Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or complaints, feel free to slide into our DMs and let <laughs> us know. If you have any questions, we will address nice. them on air. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So we've started this little thing called Golden, Golden Nuggets of Wisdom. Oh, oh, I forgot I messed how it, it up. <laughs> oh, man. We started oh, yeah. this new thing called Golden, Golden Nuggets. <laughs> So the last thing we talked about was the nature of the soul is happiness. But when we identify with the material body, we lose touch of our natural happiness. It's within us. It just needs to be tapped into. So as long as we remain out of touch of our nature and seek happiness in external things, we're going to come back again and again, like the rat race we always talk about. Right. So yoga is basically a way of getting back in touch with our nature. And here's the nugget for today. A yoga lifestyle, simplicity, kindness, etc., etc., helps one keep a peaceful mind for discovering God within. Mm. I love that. That I, is yes, beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because that talks kind of touches upon we need a, a, a calm mind to be able to really listen to God speaking to you quietly within because the super soul will be soft. All the other noises are loud in our lives. Yes. Yeah. All the billboards that we see, everything on TikTok and uh, social media. But, you know, when God speaks to you, it's always in this quiet whisper. It's right. kind of like intuition or your gut, you know, it's right. always in whispers. Oh, and so we just got to listen to that. Yep. Right. Lovely said, girls. Yes. And just a quick synopsis of our last episode. We covered chapter four, verses 31 to 34. And so we talked a little bit about the importance of sacrifice and how important it is for liberation and getting closer to Krishna. And then we all dived deeper into... Krishna saying that the most important thing for us to do is to approach a spiritual master or a guru or a teacher mm -hmm. and understand the knowledge through this person. And so we all just gave our little stories of mm -hmm. like how we found our own spiritual masters and gurus. And, uh, and I just, that was one of my favorite episodes. So it I, was. I, I so hope you really guys sweet. enjoyed it as well. Yeah. So now we are on text 35, chapter 4, text 35. Yes. Shall we do it? The invocation, Inv ladies. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Om Ajnana Timirandasya, Gyananjana Shalakaya, Shakshurun Militam Yena, Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Translation. I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with open my eyes with a torch of knowledge. <laughs> no knives. No knives. I offer my respectful obeisances onto him. Jai. All right. Chapter four, text number 35, Priyadarshini. Having obtained real knowledge from a self-realized soul, here speaking about the teacher, the spiritual teacher, you will never fall again into such illusion. For by this knowledge, you will see that all living beings are but part of the supreme, or in other words, that they are Mine. Capital M. Okay, so mm. reverse. So this is Krishna talking to Arjuna about the importance of having a spiritual master, spiritual teacher, or a guru, correct? It, wait. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Krishna so talking to Arjuna. Krishna to Arjuna about like, the importance of having a teacher to guide us. Because, guys, life is hard. 
understanding spiritual knowledge is hard. Even this text, this Bhagavad Gita is so hard sometimes just to wrap our heads around, right? And so Mm -hmm. spiritual teachers are essential for us just to understand what the most important things in life are. Yeah. And like we said in the last episode, there are certain qualifications of what we're looking for when we're looking for in a teacher. We want to make sure this person is really serious. They control their senses, right? All these things Mm -hmm. that we talked about before. It's important because they're this spiritual path is it's made easier when you have a spiritual teacher yes. right yeah. and when you have a good one and one that's looking out for you one that's kind of lifting the heavy weights of like oh my god what am i supposed to do so you got to make sure you yeah. find the right person and yeah, yeah. cuz these are pure hearted individuals who as we had said at one point every word action thought they're being directly guided and inspired by krishna within their hearts you know what just popped into my head? Can I just share one thing that to yeah. me highlights, because we just shared about our spiritual master. And I was just thinking about this, how all of the gurus and the teachers at that high, high level, they are directly guided by the super soul within. And I just had a flash of a thought that to me illustrated this point when I thought, yeah. whoa, he is totally connected. <laughs> um, because, you know, in the last episode I had shared when I went to New York to really be able to be with him, he had just finished doing a little kirtan, as we said, that's musical meditation, chanting, and he was in the park. And he, at that point, I hadn't still super deeply connected with him in person yet. So he got up and he was going off and they were saying, okay, he's going to have a little meeting with his disciples. Only disciples can come. And even then they were saying, no, 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 it, not everyone, every disciple can come because it was going to be in a small room. So I wasn't a disciple yet. So I thought, oh, oh gosh, I want to, I want to be close to him, but I don't think I can go. So my guru was walking, my teacher was walking at the front of the line and everyone else, the disciples were walking behind and I was at the very back and I looked next to one girl and I was like, do you think I can kind of come along? I whispered it and he was way ahead of me. No way he heard me. And in that second, my t- guru turns around and looks at me and says, you come. And I thought, oh my God, oh, she knows. That. But so to me, it's like, you know, Kadama Kananaswamy in that moment, he's just acting spontaneously. He just turned around in that moment, acted under the spontaneous, they're, they're guided. So Krishna within their hearts are guiding them from a moment to moment to moment mm-hmm. basis. So to me, that was like, <laughs> oh wow, he's so connected to the super soul as, a, as are all spiritual teachers. They're mm-hmm. just Acting under Krishna's accord. I love that. And so this verse talks about having obtained, and it says, real knowledge from a self-realized soul, right? Mm -hmm. So this person, exactly what you said, is like part, like, it's like, Directed by Krishna, right? right? It's right. a self-realized soul. They know what the nature of the soul is. They know what the whole deal of like what we're supposed to do in this planet is. You know what I mean? Like they mm. have so much higher knowledge than us. And so I love this use of Krishna's real knowledge from a self-realized soul. Mm. You will never fall into such illusion, right? Is right. self-realized the word that people use every day? Self-realized. I think, no, not, no. It's <laughs> not, it's I just kind of wanted right? to put it out there because I think it's like one of those like... Uh, Hare Krishna-isms. I don't know what the right way of doing it is, but I think it comes from the idea that you want to find self-realization, which means understanding by yourself. So if it's in the past tense, Mm. self-realized, it means you've achieved that understanding that you're the soul, that Krishna is the supreme, that service is the goal, like all these things, right? right? It's key, like yourself in relation to the supreme self, not just I'm getting to know my personality a little bit better. (laughs) Just in case anyone out there might think that. Because yeah, ultimately all live beings, as it says in the purport, we're parts and parcels of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, of Krishna. So this has come up before. We're, we're, our, our soul is comprised of the same components, the building blocks of pure knowledge, eternality, and bliss. 
but we're different. We're individuals. We're my soul is my soul. Your soul is your soul. It's not like they merge later on into one big mush, as we like yeah. to say. <laughs> so yeah, the, the the sense of an existence then separate from Krishna, that's what is called maya or illusion when we think we're apart or disconnected. Right. So Krishna say is the whole ocean and we are just, mm-hmm. just little droplets in that right, ocean, right. right? That all living beings are part of the supreme, right? And they are all Krishna. So we are all created by Krishna. We are all Krishnas. We are a tiny, tiny, tiny part of Krishna. Right. Mm. So it's like that duality. So although we're separate parts of Krishna, we're nevertheless not different from him. So parts yeah, yeah. and Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the whole idea of the ocean, right? So right. Krishna is the whole ocean. It's it's vast. It's magnificent. It's right. uh, things that we can't fully even understand. And then we're the drops which have the same salty taste. Yes. The same, right? <laughs> like this, this sort of like... Same but different because it's not the whole grand thing, but we're still connected. Right, right. The little drop has the same components of the ocean, but it's still a drop. Uh, Yeah, it just says at the end of the purport, the whole teaching of the Gita is targeted towards this end, that a living being, as Krishna's eternal servitor, can't be separate from Krishna. So we're, we're our own being, but also eternally connected. And if we think of ourselves disconnected, that's maya. Yeah. Or illusion. So we've so, just forgotten this time immemorial relationship that's existed forever with Krishna. We are, we're trying to remember again this connection that we have to him. And a guru can help us do that. Yes, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, perfect knowledge in case one forgot. It says again in the perfect knowledge is that uh, the supreme soul Krishna is the supreme shelter for all living entities and giving up such shelter, the living entities are deluded by the material energy, imagining themselves to have a separate identity. So I love seeing Krishna like the concept of a shelter. We can't stray away from that shelter or things will become confusing and muddled. Yes, 100%. Okay. All right, text number 36. Shama Sangeeta. Even if you are considered to be the most sinful of all sinners, when you are situated in the boat of transcendental knowledge, you will be able to cross over the ocean of miseries. Mm. Wow. What poetic, what a poetic verse. I know. I really like that. So even if like, just like you're doing the worst stuff possible. And I mean, we're all, we all just like do things that are not done. Or have done, right? Things that are not, you know, ideal from a spiritual standpoint. If you are situated, like if you are understanding chapter four, if you are understanding chapter, um, this knowledge of transcendental knowledge in chapter four, sorry, you will be able to cross the ocean of miseries. Yeah, it says proper understanding of one's constitutional position. So knowing that we are the servants of God, of the Lord, yes, of Krishna, in relationship to Krishna is so nice that it can lift it can at once lift one from the struggle for existence, right? So like it just makes our everyday life a little bit easier and Mm. then ultimately it makes us go back to Godhead, which is like the best place we can be. Yeah, and I don't Mm. want you to take our word for it, okay? Like literally develop a relationship with Krishna um, through the methods methods that we outline in Krishna consciousness. Like don't knock it till you try it type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. But also don't take our word for it. Like we have all, we're doing this podcast because we understand this knowledge to a certain extent and we believe in it. Like the proof is in the pudding type of thing, right? Yeah. And so- just try it for yourself. I love the thought also of it's it's like this life is like the ocean of miseries because I mean, let's be real. There's miseries left and right. What's the song? Uh, I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah. Right. So there's always, <laughs> you're, you might have fleeting moments of happiness if it's really even happiness, but it, we're, we're always in a state of wanting more. We're always pretty dissatisfied with 
material things. So it's about yeah. something's always hard. Yeah, someone something's always like a struggle or difficult. It's not ever perfectly lined up. And right, easy because it's not meant to be. Mm. Um, I heard this um, person. It was it was a joke about how um, most religions, the the most predominant religion to be specific, uh, usually speaks of like white men who are religious who kind of are like. Ah, uh, yes, I cannot wait to go to heaven where everyone will get a home and a piece of land and everyone would be happy. All the goodness will be shared. Mm. And and it sounds, this is kind of an irrelevant point, but it sounds like, um, uh, what is that? Um, oh my goodness, my brain is going, it's not communism, is it? Is that communism? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It is yeah. communism. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like communism. Like yeah. heaven sounds like communism, but while they're here in earth, they're like, no, we must be capitalist. I want all the money for Isn't myself. That so interesting? It's like so fascinating how <laughs> we can perceive um, like the most wonderful thing in right. this case, like going back to Godhead, being a place where everyone shares everything, where mm. everything is peaceful and like everyone gets along and here it's like completely it's actually the distorted reflection right mm, it's like yes. the ugly reflection of what wonderful it could be like there's so much racism where over there we're all like yeah we're all gonna get along in heaven yeah. we're all gonna be happy right mm. and so Krishna's like even if you're kind of a sinner if you just figure this out if you figure out who you are mm. and you figure all this out you will live in a communist heaven right like it's like if you figure this stuff out like there you can transcend all of the miseries that come with this world you yeah. know what I mean and it's sad almost to think it all just comes from forgetfulness that line from the previous purport just stuck with me that even all these like you know it says about how we forgot our our eternal connection to the lord and then so we're situated in different bodies men animals demigods and it was interesting one line such bodily differences arise from forgetfulness of this transcendental relationship to the lord so mm. even differences we see in this realm they're all varying degrees of forgetfulness of our transcendental servitorship to Krishna. Yes, yeah. um, yes, um. yes, anything, um, yes. Um. Anything else? Nope. Text uh, 37. 37. As a blazing fire turns firewood to ashes, O Arjuna, so does the fire of knowledge burn to ashes all reactions to material activities. So we talked a lot about this, like this notion of a karma, right? So yeah. like the more that we acquire this beautiful knowledge through the Gita, through Krishna's teachings, right? Our reactions, like everything that we do has good karma and bad karma attached to it, right? But the more that we understand this knowledge, the more we can develop this a karma, right? Which mm -hmm. kind of burns both of our good and bad karma. And that's that's how we get out of the, mm. the cycle of birth and death. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we, we've talked about this a yeah. couple of times before. So, as a blazing fire turns firewood to ashes, so Arjuna, so does the fire of knowledge burn to ashes. All Oh, I see. I see. All okay. of our I had to read it again to like yeah, yeah, really yeah. understand it. So basically knowledge kills all of our uh, Good reactions. Yeah, yeah, our reactions. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So Krishna yeah. is saying to Arjuna, just like that. Okay. Just so like if you are tuning into this ashes. podcast, yes. you are trying to acquire knowledge. And good for you because we're burning all the positive and negative reactions. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you're even listening to this podcast now, first of all, pat yourself on the back, okay? Yeah, that's really, please. that's really Bravo, awesome. Bravo, for you Bravo. to stick to us for 28 episodes wow. and be on chapter four with us, that's miraculous, okay? We all appreciate right. you so much. So much. Yeah. We're so grateful.
grateful for all of our listeners, right? And you are on your journey to accumulate all of this knowledge. And what you're doing right now, just by listening to this podcast, is you are burning. You are burning this bad and good karma so that you can transcend to a higher platform. Mm. Look at that. Beautiful. I mean, look at that. It's kind of magical, actually. (laughs) All righty. Text 38. Text 38. In this world, there is nothing so sublime and pure as transcendental knowledge. Such knowledge is the mature fruit of all mysticism. And one who has become accomplished in the practice of devotional service enjoys this knowledge within himself in due course of time. Mm. Let's go one sentence by sentence. Yes, yes, yes. Let's break it down. So in this world, there's nothing more sublime than pure transcendental knowledge. So so everything that Krishna's been talking about in chapter four and all the previous chapters. I mean, honestly, like if you, if you just lived your, if you didn't know about the Bhagavad Gita, okay. And you lived your life, just everyday life, you woke up, you did your thing and you learned about the Bhagavad Gita. It'd be like, wow, this is how it works. Mm. I mean, it's amazing. It's fascinating. It's so interesting to kind of, actually understand because i think there's like science which is helpful to some extent you know and then there's like all these religions and you're just kind of like well what is it what's what is it how does it really work why do people suffer like how does it all really work so obviously it's very sublime the next part right so trans but side note transcendental knowledge what we're talking about there is the the in terms of spiritual understanding yes 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 yes. the knowledge of how everything works our purpose our duty so on and so forth right such knowledge is the mature fruit of all mysticism. What does that Ooh. mean? Such knowledge is the mature fruit of all mysticism. I love that line because, you know, as we because talked about there's mysticism. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good <No>. word. <laughs> it is, but no, be, because the opposite, actually, in this case, mysticism almost to me feels like the cheap thrills of the mystic yogis who can do little whatever, little shows of their their power, but it's the mature fruit of mysticism. So meaning that when it comes to its ripest stage, when you really get the point, there's nothing more mystical than this knowledge. Oh, I like that. So it's the most mature version of the fruit when it's kind of, when it's not ripe, you might get, uh, sidetracked so to speak yes. by the thrills the shows of wow i'm going things start feeling different i'm gaining yeah. different mm. powers and whatever nobody likes unripe fruit Come no on, one right? likes kapu yeah <laughs> ever read an unripe avocado the oh, worst that the is, worst. That is right. a very nobody unfortunate that. thing so <laughs> that's why yes while i do like mysticism in this case it's the opposite i like the the mature fruit analogy because it's the highest of the highest forms of yeah. mysticism because this when you dive into this knowledge and you really realize it and mm. live by it mm. it takes you somewhere even deeper than you can imagine right now Love yeah that. that's awesome and and one who has become accomplished in the practice of devotional service enjoys this knowledge within himself in due course mm. of time I love the part within himself. Like it's a very deep internal mm-hmm. thing that in time, as you let it kind of marinate and settle within yourself, you're going to enjoy it even deeper within yourself. Yeah. It'll flourish in time. And it, I think it's mm-hmm. like, just like, it's kind of beautiful if you think about it. It's like, look at what devotional service like means to every single one of us, right? Like I love like waking up in the morning and like making food for Krishna. And like, mm-hmm. I, that just brings me joy in and of itself. Right. And, you know, kind of sometimes if I'm hungry, that also brings me joy too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like just this devotional service, like when you do things with the pure intention of just making Krishna happy, that joy that you get back is beyond this world. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And it has to come down to consciousness and intention. Right. Yeah. Yes. There's a beautiful part of the purport that I want to read. 
It's uh, ignorance is the cause of our bondage and knowledge is the cause of our liberation. So this knowledge is the mature fruit, as we said, of devotional service. And when one is situated in transcendental knowledge, he doesn't need to search for peace anywhere else because he has peace within himself. So in other words, this knowledge and peace culminate in Krishna consciousness. And the last line, this is the last word in the Bhagavad Gita. Ooh. Ooh. Actually, wow. that I like that knowledge and peace culminate in Krishna consciousness. I feel like that's like a poster right there. That's, yeah, because because At least the bumper sticker. Yeah, I mean that's like <laughs> such a beautiful line. Can you repeat that line? Knowledge and peace culminate in Krishna consciousness. Boom. Honestly, because obviously we understand the knowledge part, right? Understanding who Krishna is, who we are, all of that stuff. Of a peace, peace implies that you figure out how to control your senses. Yes. Right. You cannot be in peace if you are. You know, stressed out, stre- or angry, like all these things, yeah, right? Like, it, it means that you know to eat uh, not too much, but not too little. It means like all you have a control to be able to have peace is actually right. probably one of the hardest things yes. to do. And that's where all we're striving for. We, everyone thinks that they're striving for happiness, but I think we're all yes. just striving for right. peace. Right. Yeah, as the Gita always says, the mind can be the best friend or the worst enemy. And Arjuna has even said, the mind goes faster than the wind. How can we possibly control that? And without controlling mm. the mind and senses, you can't have peace. So you can't search any. Anywhere else, I mean, you, you, it's not, it'll be useless to search anywhere else. If you don't find peace, it's going to be found within this the scripture. Yeah. I love that. And within yourself, yes. within the work. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Within yeah, yeah. the scripture will give you the guidelines for how to cultivate that within yourself. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. All right, text 39. All right, who is Shamali? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, go crazy, Shamali. Okay. Oh, wait, actually, I think it's Shamasangita. Oh, is it oh, me? Sorry. Yeah, okay, go crazy, Shamasangita. Okay, sounds good. 39. <laughs> a faithful man who is dedicated to transcendental knowledge and who subdues his senses is eligible to achieve such knowledge. And having achieved it, he quickly attains the supreme spiritual peace. Right. So this is what we were talking about because it's, okay, it's one thing to read the transcendental knowledge. Sure, that's great. But you have to also be dedicated to the transcendental knowledge, to applying it, to acting on it. And then you can subdue your senses and yeah. achieve deeper like access into this knowledge. Yeah. yeah. It actually says that... Um, to knowledge in Krishna consciousness can be achieved by a faithful person and faith can be attained by devotional service Ooh. or by chanting Hare Krishna. Yes. Mm, I so love it's that. like faith, I mean, faith might be something that takes a little bit of time to get there, but now you know exactly what you're supposed to do, right? Yes. Because it's all it, laid out. Yeah, because it says a faithful man, right? So it's like, oh, how do, or woman, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, So how do you achieve that even the first, the second word of that, right? Is by doing devotional service mm-hmm. or by chanting Hare Krishna. And how have you yeah. guys developed faith in, in this? Because like there are days, I'll be honest with you, where like I sometimes I doubt or like I'll have a bad day astrologically, right? Astrologically, <laughs> oh I was like, like you know you're not feeling it. You don't have a bad day, and you're yeah. like, why? Or does Krishna even exist? Or like you know I you know I'm gonna be honest. I have days like that. They yeah. don't come too often now as I've matured in my spiritual path. But like right. there are times where I like I'm lacking faith. What is it that mm, you yeah. guys do to f- have more faith in your lives? Well, can I, I one yeah. thing I. Because this question, actually, I asked to my spiritual master because I thought the same thing. Uh, There's going to be so many moments where uh, 
the taste might not always be there. Mm. I might be mm. super stressed with work and everything going on and I might be doing my spiritual practices and I'm not getting the same juice from it. And I might start spiraling to, what is it all, is, is it all real? Am I dedicating my whole life to something that isn't even yeah. real? Oh my it's God. Scary. It's a scary thought. It's a scary thought. But it's true. It's real life. And from there, mm. I'll start super spiraling. But so I talked to my spiritual master about this and he says, you know what? Focus on focus on the taste. And as that increases, the doubts will diminish and the belief will increase. And it made mm. me think about the analogy of the honey. Like we could analyze all we want, the honey jar on the outside. Like, I wonder what the honey will taste like on the inside. We could speculate about it, but you got to just stick through the commitment, stick to the practice, open yeah. the jar of honey and taste it. But and what does it mean to taste it though? Because I think when, here, uh, yeah, well, like what I was going to get to, yeah. once you start tasting, it's kind of like falling in love with someone in this world. Imagine it, the beginning stages of falling in love. You, it's a presence that it starts growing in your heart and yeah. mind. And once that taste in starts increasing, that in other words, that presence starts growing, starts deepening, yeah. starts taking more life and more form, just like when you fall, not just like, but comparing, comparing it <laughs> to falling in love to someone in this world, the more time and energy yes. you dedicate into cultivating that relationship with this boy or girl, man or woman, their presence will grow within you, that it'll deepen its roots in your heart and in your mind. You'll become more committed and more dedicated to that person that even on days when loving your partner feel difficult, you'll know the love is still there deep down because yes. it's like waves that come and go. And I'm not dependent on a fleeting feeling. I know that mm. this love is so deeply anchored in me that if on Tuesday I'm feeling less love and on Wednesday I'm feeling more love, I know there's a deep current of love that I'm always connected to, regardless of what I'm feeling on any given day of the week. Shumley, I get that, like, like theoretically, right? right? Like, I, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, it's just love, Krishna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, like, I get, theoretically, it makes so much sense. And yeah, but what does that mean, like, practically for you? Like, how do you, like, during those days and during those moments where it's, like, really hard, how do you find that faith again? Well, I think that's when it comes also through, well, that's what I'm saying. As the love grows in you, you're not going to be so shaken by the days that mm. you don't feel it. Because let's say... Uh, but what yeah. about the beginning? How do you grow that love? Like well, what I about before we get to the mature part? I think that's what she's yes, asking, right? Yes, like yes, before yes, yes, you yes. know that it's like, oh yeah, for sure. This person loves me, right? Yeah. At the beginning of a relationship, you're like, do they even like me? Oh my God, do I felt that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, right? like what if we're would, just kind of equating it to a relationship with What would you do Krishna? in a relationship in this world if in the beginning you're wondering that? Do you immediately run away? Hopefully you Some stick it do. out. Yeah. Some people do run away if you have maybe well, like just, trust so she's issues. She's asking you like, what, what, is it, right, right. what does that look like for you at the beginning? I think that's okay. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think like <laughs> in this world, if I were to feel that in the beginning, all these doubts in a regular relationship I'm having with a person, yeah. I kind of think, okay, let me just give it a little more time. Let me stick it out and see if there's something actually genuinely there. Mm. So that's what, how I would operate in my, my mundane relationships in this life. And that's how I'm trying to operate with the ultimate spiritual relationship that, mm. okay, the, I had a day a couple of weeks ago where I was so overwhelmed. I went, I had to wake up super early and go to teach classes. I taught all of my kids. I came straight here to film a whole marathon of the podcast. And by the time I got home, it was close to midnight and I had so many rounds to chant. And we call Japa. like our, our Japa, Japa rounds. We call our spiritual practice our sadhana. I had so much of my sadhana left to do, but, and I felt, I felt overwhelmed. And in that overwhelmed headspace, it was hard to feel the taste, quote unquote, as I'm talking about, like, like super connected 
connected to Krishna and super connected to everything like I want to feel. I felt overwhelmed, stressed, and miserable. And that's where I started feeling like, what is happening to me? <laughs> yeah. anyway, that's real. That's real life. Yeah. yeah. And in that moment, uh, well, I kind of stuck through. I felt like I was trudging through the thick of the mud and just, <laughs> oh, let me get through it. It felt like effort. Yes. But I stuck to the commitment and that commitment got me through. And the next day it was almost like leveling up like a video game. I don't even play video games, but I like to look at this <laughs> analogy like that. Like yes. you step it up and you start feeling, oh, something feels different. I feel a little bit stronger. Yeah. And because I stuck to the commitment, I held on tight. Mm. Krishna will reward you with the, it's a reciprocal relationship. Yeah. So the next day I feel like, oh, okay, I feel something has shifted mm. within my heart mm. and I feel a little different than I've ever felt before. So through that, I would say it's through the commitment that you go kind of carving out like deeper and deeper and deeper in the path for yourself. And it's not easy always. Yeah. And you might go through dry spells. It's not going to be maybe even from one day to the next. You know, one thing that I want to add here there's this teacher in our line, Ridainanda Maharaj, super knowledgeable. He got his PhD in like theology and, and different, all kinds of things he right. did. Anyway, he talks about, you know what, when everyone comes to the beginning of their spiritual practice, it's like the honeymoon phase. You're going to feel all sorts of beautiful oh, the honeymoon phase. the honeymoon phase. And you're going to feel like a pure devotee, like, wow, I'm so elevated. I'm feeling all these feelings. But then you're going to hit a wall or the spot where you left off in your previous life. Mm, We're all in this life for a reason with things we have to deal with and work through. So in the beginning, it might feel fabulous and magical, but then you're going to hit the place where you left off in your past life. And that's your work. That's where your work is yeah. cut out for you. And that's where you have to keep trying to trudge forwards and move forwards and hopefully not harden yourself up in the process because mm. anything that you feel like, oh, this is my duty, I must do this, that's not going to take you for the long haul, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. That's real. You need to have an open, soft heart and feel like, okay, please, Krishna, through prayer, get me through this. I'm yeah. deeply wanting to feel connected to you. Please help me through this. Yeah. And not just rely on the feeling to do it also, because if it's only the feeling, then we're not going to. you got to put in the work too. Put in the it's work. It's like a marriage too, right? It's yeah. like, like you're married for five years, <laughs> right? Yes. Like, like it's work, it's effort, right? For sure. And so like, it's kind of like we need to, if we want to build a relationship with our husband or our wife or whatever, and Krishna, right? Mm -hmm. Every relationship that we're trying to build takes work. You have yeah. to make a conscious choice every single day. And it takes like self-awareness, self-assessment, mm. like just checking in all the time, understanding, you know, just, yeah, it takes work. Um, to answer the previous question you had, for me, I, I'm really grateful for the way my mother, and I would say my father too, brought me up to um, have a really personal relationship with Krishna. Yeah. So yeah. from a young age, I think I had, I developed love before I developed like you know, like serious practices. Oh, I feel that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, I just loved Krishna. Like Krishna made me happy. Mm -hmm. It was, it was that kind of sentiment. Mm -hmm. And as my life has gone on, I've had short periods of time in which I don't have Krishna and I feel so miserable. Mm. 
And the moment Krishna comes back into my life, I'm like, oh my God, this is it. I never want to leave. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. And I remember those moments in which I don't have them. And even though sometimes I might have some doubts, I remember the moments in which I didn't have Krishna and I'm like, I don't want that. Yes. Even if I don't fully understand everything yet, yeah. right? Because it's a process and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not at the knowledge level to where everything fully makes sense to right. me. Right, right, right. But I am in the process of trying to understand mm-hmm. and I know that I don't want to live without Krishna. So in mm. the in, in those days when I have those questions that I'm like, but why? Mm-hmm. Right? Like those, but why? Yeah. I'm like, well, I know I love Krishna and I don't want to live without Krishna. So let me find out. Right. Yeah. So it's like this, the fact that we're doing this, right? Yeah. The fact that we're reading, they're trying to understand. It's all about cultivating that knowledge. And it's like a really slow process mm-hmm. to really like understand everything so that we don't think no, I don't know if this is real, right? Like yeah. that that comes with like the more knowledge we have, the less we're also going to have yeah. that. Right. I also agree with everything that Shamali was saying. That very much commitment helps and all these things, mm. right? But I think, and not but, because it's not a but. Um, the Just for me, it's picturing myself without Krishna and I hate it. Yeah. yeah. God consciousness is a marathon, ladies and gentlemen. It <laughs> is not a sprint. And any like any other relationship, it is not a sprint. There, yeah. It requires work and well, effort. Priya, like, I love what you're saying because, right, for me, I was thinking the commitment only in the days where maybe you're not feeling it. Okay, keep going. It's the commitment that'll hold you there when you're not maybe feeling all the feelings you want to feel. But I love what you said because I agree with that, that... My parents also brought me up where this is all about a feeling. This is a personal connection you're developing with Krishna. So before taking on more responsibilities, or as we had said, when you get initiated, you, you, yeah, you take on more commitment to your sadhana. I'm going to chant more rounds and do more in this line. Mm-hmm. But before all of that, it all started with love. Right. Krishna made me happy. I love how you said that because that deeply clicked with me also how like, this is someone that I'm deeply trying to connect to and the feeling is there, makes yeah. me happy. And Without him, everything feels empty. Everything I did as a kid was like, I'm not feeding Krishna because I'm like, oh, I have to or anything. It was like, oh, I am cooking something for Krishna. I get to give it to him. It was always like that mood. Like Krishna was like part of my family. You know what I mean? And so I think like that cultivated love, but I don't think love alone can get you to this whole process. I think commitment is super important. I think it's really hard. So that's why you take it a little bit at a time. That's why you just like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Love is not going to take you alone and commitment not alone. That's why it's back to the equation. It's the knowledge, now we're studying, plus the devotional service or the feeling, plus the dharma. That's like the duty, the commitment. Because like, yeah, often my spiritual teacher talks about if you think you're going to just trudge through it with commitment alone, I'm so strong. I'm going to control my senses for press it all down. Oh, that's going to, no. No pretending. No pretending. pretending. It's all about the love that you're trying to cultivate with Krishna with the commitment. Yes, but you're trying to focus on, I'm trying to connect to him as a person. I want to do it with an open heart. When I offer food, let me not just recite the mantras, thinking about a million (laughs) things. No, I'm there trying to, like you said, cook for Krishna or I'm trying to chant my rest. This is my time with Krishna. So trying to keep a soft, open heart through it all. And then, yeah, the point about commitment was mainly, okay. No, I think it was a great point, Shamali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you're, for the days you're not feeling that, but I think big, like the big highlight is it's not about just the commitment. That's not going to get you through in the long haul. Love, commitment, knowledge no yeah <laughs> like every other relationship is like you gotta put all those ingredients in. yes yeah. yes yes yeah yes. okay, okay. All right. <laughs> checks number 40 all right 
who's is mm, I think we lost track. Pre-production, just take us <laughs> okay. away. Okay, <laughs> so good. All right. But ignorant and faithless persons who doubt the revealed scriptures do not attain God consciousness. They fall down. For the doubting soul, there is happiness neither in this world nor nor in the next. Oh mm. my goodness. Okay, this is very interesting because I think uh, subtly someone might feel like, oh my God, I can't have doubts. I can't have questions. What, what What's going on? But I think, okay, it's it's deeper than that because even this Ridainanda Maharaj, the one that talked about very scholarly about all these things, all these texts and scriptures, he says, no, every time I run into a doubt, I think, great, this is an opportunity for me to seek the answer out and right. solidify my faith. So it's like, okay, being proactive with your doubts is not maybe letting them fester and just be sitting there and have doubts for the sake of having doubts. Yeah. Like it's an opportunity to go deeper. So big, but ignorant and faithless person. So like people who don't know this transcendental knowledge and faithless, I'm thinking like atheistic people. Mm, potentially, yeah. Who, who doubt the scriptures, who doubt the Gita, who doubt Krishna's words. Mm. Or do you, not, you know, it could also be, sorry, I just yeah. got excited for a second. It could also be like people who follow, like, um, I'm not picking on any religion, so I'm just going to go with Hindu. Like people who like follow traditions, but are not really in faith. So like, uh, oh, yes. I'm going to go put money in this box because that's what I do every Sunday. But it's right. not like donation. Yeah. Donation. It's, it's like just the thing I'm supposed yeah. to do. It's like the cultural thing, but not right. really like the faith of this is my God. Ah, this is my faith. Right. It could persons, also be like yes. that. It doesn't have to be like yeah. atheistic necessarily. Yeah. Right. You know what? There's a huge difference where your heart is with the doubts. Because Shama, when you said atheistic, that's like yeah, that to me painted a clear image of okay, you might have two people with doubts. One person might feel like ah, I have doubts, so it's not real. I'm just shunning everything. It's nothing's real. Or someone else might have doubts who's genuinely trying to understand this philosophy, trying to come to Krishna with an open heart and like, Krishna, I want to come close to you. I do have doubts, but you're still offering up your doubts almost mm -hmm. to him. Like I'm still trying to take steps towards you. Mm. So it's all your internal mood to approach it with. Love that. And for the doubting soul, there is no, sorry, let me start it again. Yeah. For the doubting soul, there is happiness neither in this world nor the next. If I can go back to the previous sentence yeah. real quick, sorry. Um, it's saying that for faithless people, who doubt the revealed scriptures. I think this is sort of also implying a person who chooses to not find faith, potentially. Right. Mm. A Conscious person decision. who have seen the Gita and they're like, this is not Nonsense. true. This is, this can't be real, right? Like yeah. that's a person that's kind of working against it. Yes. That's, that's, that's what also I'm not the mood that we should be reading the definitely Gita not. Yeah. Definitely not. So, but yeah, so there's no happiness neither in this world nor the next. Yeah. Anything else on this purport, guys? <sighs> no. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to tell the audience, uh, Shama Sangeeta loves to wrap up a chapter in <laughs> one episode if possible. Yeah, so she's like, like two more else? verses left. We have only, I mean, <laughs> we can take all the time you want, but we only have two <laughs> verses left in chapter four, and I'm so excited. Okay, okay, so okay we, we can do this. We can do this. Text right. 41. Text 41. This is me, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. One who acts in devotional service, renouncing the fruits of his actions and whose doubts have been destroyed by transcendental knowledge is situated factually in the self. Thus, he is not bound by the reactions of work. Oh, conqueror of riches. This is Who's like a summary. Here? Yeah. Yes. It's still Krishna. Krishna's, Krishna's been speaking. speaking this whole time. He's calling Arjuna the conqueror of riches. So he is still talking so to Arjuna. So kind with his nicknames to I Arjuna. I, I know. That. Yeah, this is basically a summary of everything we've been reading, right? right? So someone who acts in devotional service, who's not attached to like what happens after he does something, 
whose doubts have been destroyed by knowledge. So you see, you can have doubts. You just, like Shamali said, you seek for the answers, right? right? You seek for to resolve these things instead of letting it fester and become something that is not, you know, that pushes you away from Krishna. Um, these people uh, are not bound by karma. Basically, they don't attain native karma-ish. Right. And so that. it says in the portboard, one who follows the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita becomes free from all doubts. Uh, he is already established in self-knowledge. As such, he is undoubtedly above bondage to action. So he doesn't get um, attached to karma. Like he yes. doesn't get the strings. Yes, the strings that keep us here in the material mm. world. All right. Mm -hmm. And the final verse <laughs> of chapter four. Which we will try to squeeze in everything. Yes, yes we will. <laughs> chapter, final verse. Take right. away, Shamali. Okay. Therefore, the doubts which have arisen in your heart out of ignorance should be slashed by the weapon of knowledge. Armed with yoga, O Bharata, stand and fight. Oh, I love oh, this. I love it. I love it. Slashed this by down. the weapon of knowledge. What a phrase. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's doubts beautiful. which have arisen in your heart. And Remember, Arjuna had a lot of doubts, okay? A lot, a lot of doubts. Right. So he said, therefore, the doubts which have arisen in your heart, Arjuna, out of ignorance, right? Because he didn't understand all of this knowledge, yeah. should be slashed by the weapon of knowledge. And that's all chapter four. That's all chapter three. That's chapter two. That's everything yeah. that Krishna has been talking I about I love so that far. because it kind of shows that through knowledge, through gaining the knowledge, that's the weapon that will slash the doubts. You got to yes. just read more, study it by a bona fide spiritual master. That will help you get rid of the doubts. Yeah. And then he says, armed with yoga. Obartha. Obartha is another name for Arjuna, right? Yes. Right. And he he oh, says, stand and fight. Mm, beautiful. Basically, the yoga, <laughs> the yoga system they're talking about here is one of eternal activities performed by the living entity. So it has two divisions. Kind of uh, one is a sacrifice of our material possessions and the other is knowledge or eternal knowledge of the self, which is pure spiritual activity. So he's basically instructing Arjuna through this spiritual knowledge, sacrifice your material possessions and fight. Mm. Um, it's interesting here in the purport, it says, if sacrifice of one's material possessions is not dovetailed for spiritual realization, then the sacrifice is material. So that, that's basically this what we- This is summarizing things, right? right. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of talking about some of the things about. we've the already talked chapter, about. Yeah. It's kind of like bringing it down together. Sacrifice is only good if you're doing it, understanding who the Lord right. is. Yes. And when we come to spiritual activities, it's divided also into two sections, understanding our own self and then our own self in relation to the Supreme Self yeah. and understanding him as well. Yeah. Guys, I love this chapter. Yeah. It was a great chapter. It was good. It gives us a little mm -hmm. bit of background knowledge, a little bit of storytelling, story a little right. bit of understanding, understanding what real knowledge is. Because that's yeah. what we're all looking for. When we have these existential crises in our mm. life, like the pandemic, like we had every single day, like I had every single day, I don't want to speak for both of you. <laughs> it's like giving us the answers that we were looking for. Like yeah. what is important? What am I supposed to do with my time? Why are people dying around me? Why are people like, mm. like getting so rich during this pandemic and so poor? Like just so many random questions. Yes. Like, Right. And like, what am I supposed to do in my spiritual life? I feel like chapter four has so many answers to so many existential questions. And what to do? The audience is doing it so well. They're trying to understand the teachings of the Gita, which uh, one who does not do it, it says in the purport, is misusing the fragmental independence that we have. Mm. So we're given independence yes. in this life. We have to use it properly, use the human life. Ignorance can only be removed by the acceptance of these Krishna conscious principles, these guidelines. And yeah, basically the purport kind of gives a big summary. Krishna conscious is 
awakened by different types of sacrifices, the sacrifice in the household life and controlling the senses and practicing different yogas. It keeps, it gives kind of a checklist, which we've already gone all over. Yeah. So if you want to go ahead and read it, go for it. It's right. it's very good. I think actually a lot of the final texts are very clean explanations right, of right. what we just went through. Yeah. So if you ever want to just kind of get a glimpse of what the chapter was about, you can check either the last text of that chapter or the first text of the next yes. chapter. Right. I love that. And I love how... Sorry, just last thing I said that all of these activities, the common thread is that we're trying to gain self-realization. And that one who does that is the real student of the Bhagavad Gita. Fantastic. Any other final thoughts, ladies, on chapter four? I'm mm. just really excited for chapter five. Yeah, I know. I know. I know you really like I chapter like, five. I'm like really excited. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. I it's like fun. this last, the last three lines of the purport. The Lord is definitely the Supreme Person and his capital H activities are transcendental. So one who understands this is a liberated person from the very beginning of his study of Bhagavad Gita. Ooh, and all of you who are listening, that includes you. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you've made it all the way through to the end of chapter four, we are excited for you. Shama's so very excited that we're ourselves. <laughs> I'm so excited. I love when we end clean on yeah. the end of a chapter and at the end of an episode. And uh, Priya, your excitement for chapter five makes me excited for chapter five Let's too. Let's do yeah. it. All right. And that is all the time we have for this episode. <laughs> Join us next time for chapter five. Boom. Thanks everybody for listening. See you guys later. Ciao, ciao. Bye. beautiful souls if you like what you're hearing please follow us on instagram at modern yogi podcast and if you love what you're hearing please make sure to share a link to our podcast at modern yogi podcast with all your friends families and long lost cousins and if you have any questions at all send us a dm on instagram at modern yogi podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you thank you for listening to the The Modern modern yogi